to have with me today some very special guests. Uh, they are the Katinia family and, and the Bennick family. And, uh, and then, of course, they, it goes back even to the Urshan family. And uh, my cousin, Sister Michelle Katinia, Brother David Katinia, and their children. Could you just kind of wave your hand, Brother and Sister Katinia? God bless them. We love them and are grateful that they are here. Sister Katinia's mother, uh, Sister Mary Bennick, a uh, precious woman of God, uh, is a first cousin to my grandfather, Brother N.A. Urshan. And uh, Sister Michelle's uh, grand, uh, grandfather uh, was Brother Timothy Urshan, who was my great, great uncle. And he established churches in Jerusalem and Baghdad and throughout the Middle East. And, and people are still believers in the name of Jesus Christ. In areas that are hostile to the Christian faith. But there is, a, there is a network of believers because of this wonderful man of God's ministries throughout that area of the world. And I thank God what a beautiful heritage we have. And I thank the Lord for it. Brother David Katinia's parents, longtime pastors in Ohio. And in fact, Brother David Katinia Sr. baptized me in Jesus' name. So I owe a great deal. Amen. Amen. And love Brother and Sister Katinia so much. And it's just a thrill to be able to have them here with us today. We honor them. And I'm glad, I'm glad that everybody is here in the house of the Lord. I saw Sister Ange Kovach, Sister Emily Kovach. God bless you from North Carolina. They came back home, and we're glad they're here today. God bless them. Amen. So good to see Sister Tiffany Metters here today with Nixon Metters. And we give God thanks. For this wonderful, for this wonderful family, and uh, and th they of course have been traveling throughout the nation, raising capital in order to go to New York City, which is a city in desperate need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are so excited to stand with them and support them. And we look forward to what God is going to do in their ministry in New York City. But we're thankful to have them here at Tree of Life Church. In the meantime. Um, I also want to reiterate what Brother Tierney mentioned regarding our service a week from tonight at Grace Point Church and just, uh, just looking forward to that night. The, the, the group that, that is actually developing this meeting is called Christians United for Israel. And Pastor David Bryan is actually the director for that, uh, for that group here in this region. And uh, there are going to be several leading scholars there at this event uh, and uh, and. This is a united Christian front for the nation of Israel, which, as you know, is under, under severe uh, oppression many times from the rest of the world. And, uh, and the, the, the fact of the matter is that, that Israel perhaps is even surprised that it is the Christian people that are rising up in support of them to say we believe in the promise and the covenant of God. Amen. And the scripture says, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. So we look forward to this, to this night, a week from tonight at Grace Point Church, and the Lord will be with us in that service. But we're looking today into the word of the Lord. I'm so glad you're here. I believe God's going to do something great in our midst. From the book of Judges, chapter 16, and verse number 4, the book of Judges, chapter 16, 
and verse number four. Amen. So good to see Sister Janae here. God bless her all the way from Maryland. Amen. We thank God. Anybody that wants to come visit Tree of Life, we just want you to know you're welcome and we love you. And we look forward to what God is going to do. Judges chapter 16, verse 4. This is a story of a man by the name of Samson. It came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see we're in his great strength. Everybody say great strength. We're in his great strength lieth and by what means we may prevail against him that we may bind him to afflict him and we will give thee every one of us 1100 pieces of silver and Delilah said to Samson tell me I pray thee wherein thy great strength lieth and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee and Samson said unto her if they bind me with seven green withs that were never dried then shall I be weak and be as another man then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green widths, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber, and she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. He brake the widths as a thread of tow is broken when it toucheth the fire. So his strength was not known. We're going to look at verse 15. And she, Delilah, said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee? When thine heart is not with me, thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me. And I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. She made him sleep upon her knees. She called for a man. She caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. I want to preach to you for just a few moments this morning, on this Sunday morning, on this subject, the great strength of the believer. The great strength of the believer. How many need great strength today? If you need great strength today, could you just lift your voice with me right now and ask the blessing of God upon the preaching of the word and the remainder of this service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gathering of people who have come to this place faithfully to seek your great name, O oh God, to call upon your mighty power. Lord, we are here today because we love you and we know that you love us. 
And we seek you in Jesus' name, O God. And we ask that the anointing of the Lord be upon the preaching of the Word of God, the preacher of the Word of God. Help me to deliver your Word, O God, as you would have it delivered. And let it rest in our soul, O God. And let it cause us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. I wonder if we could clap our hands one more time unto the Lord, for He is worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So there was a day that a woman was visited by a a, an angel of the Lord. She described him as being, he had to have been some kind of a messenger from God. Because she said his, his, his visage, his demeanor, his, just the look of him, she said was very terrible. And she didn't mean he was ugly. She meant that, that it, was, it was some kind of a phenomenon about him. Uh, that, that to look upon him, she said, there, it actually could bring terror to just a, a natural man or woman. So she, she was visited by this angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord spoke to her and said, he said, don't drink any wine. He said, don't drink any strong drink. And he said, the reason is because there, and don't eat any unclean thing, because in you is going to, to be birthed and, and, and formed a deliverer for the people of Israel. And he said, you shall bring no razor upon his head. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that Samson never had a haircut. It means that his hair was never shaved off. And so he said to her that you will have this child and this child will be the one who delivers the people of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And then the, the man, the whatever he was at that time, she wasn't sure, disappeared. She ran to her husband and said, Manoah! I just had the most amazing encounter with, with somebody. And I think it had to have been an angel of the Lord. He said something to me that, that really kind of blew my mind. Because she, you understand, was, was barren in her womb. She was unable to have children. So to be told that she was not only going to have a child... But to start making preparations for having that child. Because that child was, was going to be the deliverer of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Was an amazing, amazing thing for this woman to hear. And Manoah said, well, he said, uh, are you sure? She said, of course I'm sure. She said, ask, him, ask the Lord if it was an angel to bring him back. And so Manoah said, Lord, if, if this was you and if my wife's not crazy, then could you, just, could you just bring back that message and that messenger 
to us. And, and the Bible says, while the woman was in the field, the angel of the Lord appeared again unto her, and her husband wasn't with her. And she was like, are you serious? I need you to come, you know, show up at, when we're having coffee in the morning so that he will understand that I'm not making this up. And she ran to Manoah again with now, understanding that the angel of the Lord was there. She said, wait right here, don't go anywhere. She grabs Manoah. They come back. The angel of the Lord was still there. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah and to his wife that God is going to bring from her barren womb. And God will do that. There are many wonders that God has done in the womb. Many of the great characters of the scripture came from barren wombs. Of course, we know that Isaac did, and we know that Jacob did, and we know that Joseph did. The patriarchs of Israel came from barren wombs. The forerunner to Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, came from a barren womb, and Jesus the Christ came, hallelujah, from a virgin womb. And so this is not... This is not outside God's capacity. There is nothing beyond God's capacity. God does wonders in the womb. Hallelujah. And we give him praise for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so she said, they received this word from the angel of the Lord. And, and Manoah said, can we prepare you something? To eat, He said, no, I'm an angel of the Lord. I, 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 if you're going to give a burnt offering, give it unto the Lord. So they prepared a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the Bible says that the, that the man, the angel, did wondrously before their eyes. And they looked on. And it describes what it means when it says wondrously. As the, as the flame of fire was, was lifting up from the burnt offering, the angel of the Lord actually ascended into the heavens in the flame. Just right before their eyes as they are, as they are, as they're sitting there with, with this burnt offering and the, and the flames are rising and the smoke is lifting up from the flames. Somehow this angel of the Lord just like becomes part of the flame and goes up into the heavens and he's gone. And they bowed their faces unto the ground and said, we'll, we'll die because we have seen God. Of course, they didn't die. That wasn't the purpose of the angel's visit. The purpose of the angel's visit was to bring life and to speak life. And she took it seriously what the angel of the Lord said. And she did not, she did not eat any unclean thing. She did not drink wine. She drank no strong drink. And this child that was conceived and, and born from her womb, she allowed no razor to come upon his head and he was a Nazarite unto the Lord from his mother's womb he was consecrated unto the Lord from his mother's womb and the Bible concludes the 13th chapter of the book of Judges by simply saying and Samson was moved at different times throughout the throughout the area where they lived so in other words there were little indications here and there that God was with this young man I don't know what he did. I don't know what it was. But throughout his life, it became apparent, it became evident that that word spoken to them. Back when he was 
was not even thought of in their minds was, was coming to pass before their very eyes. And he was moved upon by the Spirit of the Lord. I won't go into a detailed history today of all that took place in Samson's life. But let's just make one thing abundantly clear. This man was a mighty man. And he was, he was somebody you didn't want to mess with. And he had a, a, a strange, if you please, power that not everybody else had. And, and in fact, there were, there were he, he, I don't even know if he fully appreciated his role, but, but God had anointed him before speaking to his mother. God had already planned Samson's life and said, this is how I'm going to anoint this young man. And I'm going to give him an opportunity to be the deliverer for the people of Israel out of the hands of the oppressors, the Philistines. And Samson had a strength that was uncommon. Now, we, when we think of Samson, we, we kind of think of him as kind of a, a Hercules, if you please. We, we think of him as, as this, you know, muscle man. But the fact is, I don't, know that, I don't know that he was buff. I don't know. I don't know if he looked like he'd been lifting for four years and without taking a break. I don't know. He might have been... He you know, Slim Jim, I have no clue. Because his power was not his own. His great strength, it was not, it was not his own strength. You know, I, I don't know if he was, if he like turned into the Incredible Hulk. I don't know. But, but I do know that when the moments would arrive where it was time to do God's business... There was a spirit of the Lord that would come upon this man and he would rise up with a great strength. He would rise up with a power that other people in Israel did not fully understand or comprehend. Now, now you got to understand, this was generations separated from so many of the wonderful works of God. Now we look at the Bible and we've got it neatly bound in our beautiful books. And we can flip seamlessly from page to page. And read about Moses and read about Daniel and read about David and read about Samson and, and read about Joshua. And the exploits that the people of God did in the name of their God. But they were separated by generations. Multiple generations. So the generation of Samson really did not know the works of God that he had done for the people of Israel. There are people here today that perhaps you think that, that God doesn't operate today like how you've heard him talked about in the past. Because you've heard the stories of the healings. You've heard the stories of the miracles and you've heard the story of his power. But maybe you have not yourself laid eyes upon what the Lord can do. I want you to know that God is exceeding and abundantly able to do above all we can ask or think. 
I want you to know that even in this house, in this atmosphere, in this moment, the Spirit of the Lord can come upon you and do something in one millionth of a second that you can't imagine Him having ever been able to do ever, ever, ever. But God is able and God is willing to do for you what you need done in your life. Oh, hallelujah. So people in Israel didn't understand the kind of power that Samson had. But they knew that when the Philistines would come in like a flood, Samson was not afraid of them. Samson had this strength and he didn't need like an arsenal. He would, he would grab, a, he'd grab the jawbone of a donkey and, and slay an army of 1,000 1, Philistines. God had anointed him to break the stronghold that the nation of Israel was experiencing at the oppressive hand of the Philistines. Now I want to break from the, from the chronology of this for just a moment and just tell you that the nation in which we live is under the oppression of the enemy. The nation in which we live, it is becoming worse and worse. The oppression of the enemy is ever encroaching upon people across our world. You work with them. You go to school with them. You may live in the same house as them. It might be you who is under the bondage and the oppression of the adversary. But just as the Spirit of the Lord moved upon Samson, hallelujah, the Spirit of the Lord moves upon the believer hallelujah to be able to stand up I said to be able to stand up against the works of the adversary oh hallelujah now let me make it abundantly clear the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations bringing every thought into captivity that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ against the knowledge of God bringing it into the obedience of Christ we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but we wrestle against spiritual powers and principalities spiritual wickedness in high places and we've got the helmet of salvation and we've got the breastplate of righteousness and our loins are girt about with truth and our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and we've got the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and above all we take the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Hey, I know, I know you got plans today and you got plans tomorrow and you got plans next week and you got Thanksgiving plans and Christmas plans and you feel pretty comfortable in this world. But understand, we're in a war zone. And I am tired of seeing the enemy hold people in bondage. It's time for the anointed of God to rise up. Ah, glory to God. It's not time to be like the world, act like the world, think like the world, talk like the world, dress like the world, go where the world goes. It's time to be anointed. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. Hallelujah.
You might be afraid, oh, that you're missing out. You're not missing out. You've been called out. Called out of darkness. Called out of bondage. Called out of oppression. Called out. To show forth the praises of God. To show forth the praises of our King. Hallelujah. Samson, it was one time he was, he was coming against the enemy and, and he had this great strength. And he, he grabbed foxes and put a firebrand, would tie the tail of the fox together. Put a firebrand between the tails of the fox. Don't anybody try this at home. This is all, this is all Old Testament stuff. This is not part of the new covenant. And he lit that firebrand on fire and said, all right, there you go. Go on into the cornfields. And those foxes went into the cornfields of the Philistines and burnt up all their crops. He was decimating the wealth of the adversary. Samson was, and, he, and, and, it was, and it wasn't like he really saw himself as a great general. I mean, it would happen when they would provoke him. Personally, he would respond, and in his response, he was, it was so violent and so, so just uproarious that he was decimating the works of the adversary and, 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 and in the process, delivering the people of Israel. And, and sometimes some of the stuff that he would do, his parents would be like, I don't even know if that's the best way to do it, but the Bible said they knew not that the Lord was in it. The Lord is going to bring the devil's empire down. You hear me? I said the Lord is going to fight the battle. Hallelujah. I want everybody who's in the battle for your life right now to hear the preaching of the word. Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles. God is going to raise up a standard. Oh, hallelujah. I said God is going to raise up a standard against the adversary of your soul. The enemy has no power over you. I said the enemy has no power over you. And the enemy has no power over your children. The enemy has no power over your marriage. You need to be anointed. Stay anointed. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This was the great strength of Samson. Now, we're going to get into the fact that, that, that later in his life, he was judging Israel. He had judged Israel for 20 years. He broke the stronghold of the Philistines. Now, the Philistines were still there, but they were not oppressing Israel. Samson stood guard over Israel. The Philistines knew they, they had no way back in to dominating. The Bible said they had dominion at one time, but they could not dominate Israel because the anointing of Samson stood between the Philistines and the nation of Israel. And Samson's like, I dare, I dare you. Cross this line. And then Samson would cross it. No, no, I'm kidding. Just he was one bad dude. You didn't want to mess with Samson. His anointing was strong. The spirit of the Lord would move him mightily. He would do amazing things to protect the nation of Israel. But 
But he had this weakness. And, his, and, and, and listen, I'm going to tell you, I don't care how anointed you are. Don't you underestimate the ability of your flesh to cripple you, to rob you of every blessing that God would want to bring into your life. You, I know, listen, it doesn't matter how many times you speak in tongues. You could have been baptized in Jesus' name for 30, 40, 50 years. But if you've got flesh, if you're still in this body, if you're still in this corruptible body, then your weakness and your flesh can deprive you of every blessing God would want to bring your way. And Samson had a weakness. His weakness, the first words we hear out of Samson's mouth was, I saw a woman. First words out of his mouth. Now he was just, he was a man. But, but listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's not enough just to be a man. You got to be a man of God. And don't give me, and don't give me none of this. I'm just a red-blooded American man. We thank God for that. But, 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 but it's not enough just to be a male. You need to be a man of integrity, a man of God. A woman of virtue. Do you hear me? A woman of virtue. A child of God. You are priceless above rubies. Maintain your virtue. And if you say, well, pastor, you've come along too late because I'm not innocent and I don't have virtue. You hear what I'm preaching to you. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they can become white as wool. You can enjoy the innocence and the blamelessness of the Lamb of God. Oh, hallelujah. So, so Samson had this weakness. And this weakness ended up being his, his downfall. Because this weakness that he had for women led him into the arms of Delilah. Who was determined to get to the great strength of Samson. See, the, I remember Brother Nick Mahaney saying it so well. He said it to our young people. And it was a very important thing to remember. That God has somebody for you, tailor-made. But so does the devil. And that, and that one that the devil has in mind for you is determined to find out where your great strength comes from. So Samson ended up getting shaved while he slept and while he's sleeping this all unfolds and he loses his great strength now let me tell you ladies and gentlemen I want to explain to you where our great strength comes from because our great strength it doesn't come from our talent our great strength doesn't come from our wealth our great strength doesn't come from our reputation our great strength does not come from our determination our great strength comes from the Lord and most specifically we, we need to understand what the Bible means when it tells us about the power of God what is the power of God the power of God we can talk about well the power of God is when he parted the waters and the power of God is when he created the earth and the power of God is when he when he brought down the walls of Jericho and this is the power of God yes the power of God manifested itself in many different ways. But, but the Bible tells us specifically what is the power of God. And we need that 
power. We are powerless without that power. I want you to know that when God fills somebody with the Holy Ghost, He doesn't just give them an experience where they merely talk in tongues. That is the initial evidence that you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But when you receive the Holy Ghost, you have received power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So what is this power? And why is it that when the Holy Ghost fills me, do I receive this power? This is what the Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth. He told the church at Corinth, I did not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. But I came to you in demonstration of the Spirit and of Later he would explain what he meant. He said, I came to you preaching only one message. I knew nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So when he explained to them that I walked among you in demonstration of the spirit and of power, he was explaining to them that the the power belongs in the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. This is why he told them in the very first chapter of his first epistle to them that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to them that believe it is the power of God. This is why he told the church at Rome, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to understand where your power comes from. Your power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. My power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. My power is not in the fact that I can yell while I preach. My power is not in the fact that I can stomp my foot. And I do like stomping my foot. But if I was stomping my foot and not saying anything, there would be no power at all. I preach because I'm passionate. But I could whisper the gospel and people could be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I could whisper his name and devils have to flee. to preach against drug addiction all I've got to do is preach Jesus and the drug addiction will come off of you tree of life church our strength our power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ our faith does not stand in the wisdom of man it stands in the power of God it stands in the gospel of Jesus Christ this is why the song says on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground Every other little bit of ground you can imagine. Political ground. Any other false theological ground. Relationship ground. All other ground is sinking sand. But I can stand on the solid rock. 
and the storms of life can't knock me over if I build my house upon the rock. Hallelujah, faith stands in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I preach the gospel for just a moment? I need to preach the gospel to you right now. And I'm going to preach it to everything that you may be facing. In your family, in your mind, in your home, at your work, wherever and whatever you may be facing. I'm going to bring to you the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, the living God, the only God, the almighty God, the holy one of Israel, the great I am, the self-sufficient God was manifest in the flesh. God Almighty, Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rophah, Jehovah Rohai, Jehovah Shammah, and Shalom. God. The same God that thundered on Mount Sinai. The same God that delivered Daniel out of the lion's den. God. 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 Our God who is one. Took upon himself the form of a man. More specifically, he took upon himself the form of a servant. He was born of a virgin womb. He came into this world and he lived among men and he was obedient. Every day of his life he was obedient. He lived such a beautiful, blemishless, blameless, innocent life of obedience that he could truly be called the spotless Lamb of God. Hallelujah. When he went to that cross, he knew no sin. No sin. He had never committed sin. He had never harbored sin in his heart. He never sinned. But he who knew no sin was made to be sin. See, he didn't just die for my sin. He became my sin. He became our lies. He became our our theft. He became our hatred and our malice. He became our racism. He became our fornication. He became our adultery. He became our prejudice. He became our lust and our greed and our pride and our envy. And it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Because on that cross, he was made to be our sin. When you see the blunt, brutal crucifixion of Jesus Christ, wounded and bruised and chastised and afflicted and smitten of God and rejected and despised of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, cut off. When you see that, you're looking at your sin. And he could do it because he was innocent. He was spotless. And he was brutally sacrificed as the blemishless Lamb of God. And the Bible says the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
And then he gave up the ghost. And before he did, you know what he said? Because if somebody did that to you and me, and we hadn't done anything wrong to deserve it, we'd be kicking, screaming. It's hard to take that. But, but he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Gave up the ghost. They put him into a borrowed tomb. But because he had committed no sin, the grave and hell and death had no jurisdiction over his body. And the only thing that gives the grave, death, and hell jurisdiction over your body and mine are the sins we've committed. And that's why Paul called this body the body of this death. Jesus went down into that grave as a brutally sacrificed lamb of God with not an ounce of sin in his body. And when that clean, blemishless body of Jesus Christ comes down through the assembly line of death, hell, and the grave. And they're just checking for where the sin is and tagging the bodies and moving them on down the assembly line. They get to the body of Jesus and they start looking for where the sin is. They check him from head to toe and they can't find. They check his thoughts. They check his motives. They, they check his anger and his hostility. They can't find any sin in this man. They're, they're like Pilate who said, I find no fault in him. And death looked at hell and hell looked at the grave and said, what do we do with a body that has no sin? And, and, and they said, there's only one thing we can do. We have to let this body go. Hallelujah. I want you to know when that body of Jesus Christ came up from the dead, he came up triumphant over death. He came up triumphant over the grave. He came up triumphant over hell. says that he showed himself alive by many infallible proof we heard it last Sunday reach hither thy hand reach hither thy finger behold my scars yeah he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs and just before he ascended into the heavens he looked upon his disciples and said, all right, this is the first half of the gospel. But I'm getting ready to show you how to make what just happened a part of your life. Go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with the power that I just demonstrated. You wouldn't have to ask me twice. 
Hallelujah. You, after I see all that, you tell me to go tarry in Jerusalem, I'll go there and spend the rest of my life saying, Lord, send down the power. Send down the fire. Let it fall like rain. Let it fall like rain. Have your way. Have your way. And the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Acts chapter 2 unfolds until finally... They questioned, what shall we do, those who had not yet received? Then Peter said unto them. Now before I say what he said, I want to tell you how this works. The Bible says, by grace are ye saved. Through faith. So there are two working powers, grace and faith. It's by grace and it's through faith. It's not just through faith. And it's not just by grace. It's by grace through faith. What I just preached to you was the grace. His birth, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's grace. And it's amazing. And I was lost, but now I'm found. And I was blind, but now I see. That's the grace of God. His birth, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. And his pouring out of his self. That's grace. We're about to hear faith. Repent. If you haven't repented, then you have not responded appropriately to grace. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. If you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you've not appropriately responded to grace. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you've not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're not responding appropriately to grace. He is here to fill you with that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This is the great strength of the believer. The message of the gospel. The birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, the outpouring, the infilling, and the being crucified with him, buried with him by baptism into death, and rising with him to walk in the newness of life. Lord, I pray what was just said will sink deep into the hearts of every hearer right now. Lord, I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. That it would break every chain. That it would unlock every door. Hallelujah. That it would open the windows of heaven in their life. Lord, that it would shut the mouth of the lion in their life that seeks to destroy them in the name of Jesus you can even see that this message of what God did for us upon the cross is the gospel. When, when, you look at, when you look at Samson, when he killed that lion, out of the eater came forth meat. It was, in that, it was in that carcass, in that symbol of death, that there was strength that he gained. We're, we're seeing strength gained from the crucifixion of Christ. 
He took the jawbone of a donkey and he slew the army. And the Bible says that that jawbone, the Lord clave a hollow, clave a place in the hollow of the jaw where there was water that came forth from the jawbone of the donkey. And he received water from what was dead. Again, we see the sustaining power of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It is in his death that we receive life. So when Delilah comes to you, and she can come in many different forms, flee, flee, run. She's after the power. She wants your strength. I know you feel flattered. I know you feel, I know you feel, I know you feel like since she's paying attention to you that you got it going on. You ain't got nothing going on. Run, run. She's after the power. She's after the strength. She's trying to limit you and what you can do for God. She's trying to take down your anointing. She's trying to destroy the working of grace in your life. The Bible calls it seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And there are seducing spirits and doctrines of devils all around us. And they call to you and they beckon you. And they're trying, I'll tell you what they're trying to do. They're trying to pull you away from the real power. And they're trying to pull you off into some heresy, into some strange fire, into some strange doctrine. Something that's not built upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. So they try to seduce you. You need to tune it out, turn it off. You need to unfollow it. You need to get away from it. You need to run from it. You need to flee it because it's trying to lull you to sleep. And you've been playing around with it for a while now. And you think it's okay because you have escaped here and there. Just like Samson did. Samson thought Delilah was fine because he still had his power. Dude, she has tried to kill you three times. I mean, she's got all kind of tricks up her sleeve. and You haven't got the clue yet? You're still listening to that garbage? You're still watching that stuff? You're still going down that road? You're still hanging out with that crowd? Don't you know how many times you almost tipped over into hell? And if it weren't for the grace of God, you'd already be there. Get up out of that house. Run to the altar. Run back to the word of God. Get anchored to the truth again. Stop drinking their stuff. Stop smoking their stuff. Stop going into those places. Get out of there. Run. It's after your power. It's after the great strength of the believer. It'll lull you to sleep. While you're asleep, she'll just start snipping away at your power. And before long, you'll lose, you'll lose the belief that people really need to repent. Snip. It'll just fall to the wayside. She'll grab that razor and start cutting. Zzz. 
before long, you, you, don't, you don't think it's important for people to be in Christ. <laughs> Baptized into Jesus Christ. How else do you think you're going to heaven? Because you're good? Are you serious? You, you and me, we're good? No, we're not. Our only hope of going to heaven is to be in Jesus Christ. She's just cutting away. And before long, you think there are many roads that lead to heaven. Before long, you don't think it's all that necessary to be consecrated to God. Dedicated to the Lord. You don't really think you need to love your neighbor and pray. And worship and be in the house of God. And, and it just, just, she's just snipping away at the seven locks of your strength. And then all of a sudden you're going to wake up. The devil's going to be in your house. And you're going to rise up as at other times and shake yourself. You lost the great strength of the believer. You don't believe what you used to believe. You don't believe what really gives you power over the adversary. You thought it was your determination and it's not your determination, it's his. You thought it was your willpower, but it's not. It's his. You thought you could just get up, shake yourself, get back to church, go through the motions, and everything will go back to the way it was, and it won't. You've got to have real faith. Not fake faith, real faith. Ha! And if you don't have faith, you need to seek God until he baptizes you with the like precious faith of the believers those Philistines came up on Samson yanked him out of that house he tried to struggle but he had no power he tried to fight back but he had no power there was no great strength any longer they took his eyes out literally took his eyes out out of his head they removed his eyes he now had no ability to see. He was weak. Some of you have been there where you, you're looking but you can't see. And the Bible says that he ground in the prison house. And the day came that they would bring him out to make sport of him. They said Samson's in the dungeon. The great hero Samson. Remember how he used to Worship God. Now he's bound in prison. Remember how he, used to, how he used to have victory over the enemy. People used to call him to pray. Now they don't. Because they know he doesn't have the prayer life he used to have. He's bound up in the prison. Let's bring him out and make sport of him. But what they didn't know. Is that while Samson was in the prison. The great strength. Was growing back. I don't know what prison you're in right now, but, but, but in that prison house, you need to be praying that strength back. You say, but, but pastor, you don't understand. Every time I move, I can hear the chains rattle. Pray anyway. Every time I move, I, I'm reminded of the eyes are plucked out of my head. Call on God anyway. 
Repent again. Repent again and again and again. Repent. Seek God. Seek his face. Call upon his mighty name. Call upon his mighty power. And your faith will grow back. And your hope will grow back. And your victory will grow back. God God will visit you in that prison. You may never get your eyes back. There are some things that you lose when you walk away from God that you never get back. So before you dance out of here saying, I can live however I want to live and it'll all come back, you just know the wages of sin is death. And you will lose some things in your decision to sin that will never come back to you. But he walks out there with growing grace and growing faith and growing hope. And he's stumbling and they've got this little kid with him. They're taking him out into the temple of Dagon. And here's the mighty Samson. He hadn't, he hadn't beat anybody in arm wrestling for a long time. He doesn't know how much strength he's got. He hasn't, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't won a thumb wrestling match in a long time. He doesn't know what kind of strength he has. But they're leading him out into the temple of Dagon. And he said to the young lad, he said, and they're mocking. There are thousands. They're mocking and they're jeering. And they are applauding how weak he is. They love seeing him humiliated. And he's standing in the middle of this horrific, horrific display of, of, of treachery. And he says to the young lad, he said, where are the pillars upon which this house stands? And the young lad said, they're right over here. He said, could you take me to those pillars? And they brought him over to those pillars. He said, could you put my hand on the pillar? Yeah, this one, yeah. And if you could put my hand on this pillar to the right. Now, you remember what I talked about, how that the dead lion strengthening Samson was a picture of the cross strengthening us. And the dead jawbone strengthening Samson was a picture of the dead Christ strengthening us. All throughout the Old Testament, you see little glimpses of Christ. You see little images of Christ. Here's another one. Samson between the pillars. Samson is getting ready to do the greatest thing he's ever done. Ha. Now, folks, when he would, when the Spirit of the Lord would move upon him, he'd grab those foxtails, time together, put a firebrand in him, set the firebrand on fire, and say, go on, do your business. Whenever he would, he would face a, a, a thousand army, a military might of Philistines, he would grab the jawbone of a donkey and kill him with all of his might, and he would rip the gates off of Gaza, and on and on and on he did things with his might. But this is about to be the most incredible, most effective, most important moment in his life. Because he's going to slew, slay more of the enemy in this moment than he ever did at any other time in his life. Notice what he did. The Bible uses these words. He's situated between the pillars and he bowed himself with all his might. I don't know what you did to get you where you are. But if you will bow yourself with all your might. I, don't, I, know, I know what you did has got your family in turmoil. It's got your mind in turmoil. It's got your whole world messed up. And you wish you could just turn back the clock. I don't know where you are or what's going on. But wherever you are, bow yourself. Bow yourself. Bow yourself. Bow yourself. Bow yourself with all. With all, with all of your might. And the Lord will fight your battle. He slew more Philistines in the day of his death 
than he ever slew in the days of his life. And here again we see the picture of Jesus who triumphed openly over death, hell, and the grave in his death. And because of it we have life everlasting. Somebody lift your hands to him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands to him in Jesus. Come on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I know, I know. I do, if you could stand with me right now, the Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. I know that your first inclination when you're going through a struggle and you, and you know that you... You know you're in trouble. And you can hear the enemy mock and jeer. I know your first inclination is to find whatever you can do and, and respond to the adversary. But I want to encourage you today to simply bow. To simply bow with all your might. Take all that might you have, any strength you've got, use it to bow yourself before the Lord. Hallelujah. Simply, simply turn it over to Jesus. Hallelujah. Just give it all to God right now. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Come on, church. Lift your hands and your voices with me in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and your voices with me in Jesus' name. Oh, glory. 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 Oh, bless his name. I need somebody right now in this house. These altars are open. I need somebody right now who needs to just bow. I need you to come forward right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I know it's Sunday afternoon. It's not, but let's do it right now. The Lord wants to move in this house. That's it. God bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, that's it. I just need to bow right now. I need to bow before the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if there's somebody right now in Delilah's house, you need to get out of that and get down to this altar. Come on, you need to run. You need to flee in Jesus' name. You need to get away from what the enemy has laid as a snare before you. He wants your anointing. He wants your power. He wants your faith in the gospel. That's what he wants. He wants your belief that Jesus saves. He wants your belief that Jesus heals. That's what the enemy's after. Because that's your great strength. Because that's your great strength. Come on, that's it. As you come, just begin to lift up your voice unto the Lord. That's it. Just keep on coming. Just keep on coming. That's it. Just come down here and spread out. That's it. The Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. There are more that need to come. There are more that need to come. That's it. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Come on, God bless you in the name of Jesus. Let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you and your family. I wonder if your spirit could bow right now all across this house. If your spirit could bow right now. Just give it all to God in the name of Jesus. Give everything over to God right now. Just say, God, I don't have it figured out. I don't have it figured out. I don't know the answers. I don't know how to recover from this. I don't know how to fix this, God. I'm afraid I did something that I can't turn back, that I can't repair. 
Just bow with all your might. Bow. And there are going to be more enemies to die in this one moment. More of your adversaries will be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. Pour it out to God right now. Come on, from front to back. Pour it out to God right now. Pour it out to God right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Repent. Repent and pray. Hallelujah. Call upon God and let Him work a miracle in your mind. Hallelujah. Let Him work a miracle in your mind in Jesus' name. Give Him the fear. Give Him the fear. Give Him the condemnation. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, something's happening right now. Something's happening right now. Something's happening right now. Something's happening in this place. Oh, yeah. It may look like I'm surrounded. Oh, God, somebody's rising up out of this. Somebody's rising up out of that trouble. Yes, they are. Somebody's rising up out of that circumstance. I'm surrounded by you, Lord. This is how I fight my battle.